Hi and welcome back to Well Read Witch where I talk about books and stuff and stuff version of the introduction usually means movies or TV series I watched and I think I figured out the correct balance that I need to strike between the two like you know books and movie/tv series I've realized I don't do well with TV series because I just spend entire days binging through a tv series and i'll probably choose the one which has like you know four or five seasons and like that's not good for me and like you know um the reading portion at all and i know that if i don't read for elongated hours i will fall out of the habit of reading and uh the fact that i don't read it just makes me feel weird now like it's been a part of me for so long uh just the act of reading not even the stories just the just this act of reading this routine of reading has been a part of me for so long that if i miss out or skip a week or two i just start feeling weird in my skin i don't know if that makes sense but it does and um th- i think that's the only reason why i hate going through uh, reading slumps i mean everyone does but like at the same time I just feel like I'm being separated from as cliche as that may sound uh, a small pa- a small part of me and like that doesn't feel very nice so I've sort of started reading uh, poems uh, essays about books and authors which I really seem to like like that's my jam um, <laughs> and uh, like yeah it's it's just one of those things when Like, yeah i've sort of incorporated smaller things i can read and enjoy in my life these days rather than you know uh just reading novels and they are great and brilliant in their own right but like sometimes you just need something to get you through the day and like yeah like as soon as i incorporated poems and short stories and um even just like reading certain stuff friends wrote or like instagram people who post their writings on the app like yeah it just makes breathing a bit easier i don't know if that makes any sense to anyone at all but it does to me um initially i used to think this was my love for stories but i've like realize that it's mostly just my um you know routine and like it calms me down it anchors me to reality it provides escapism a bit uh, so like any sort of fiction probably would do or like any sort of work that is just vague enough that you can't really figure out whether it's reality or a completely made up thing or like it's tipping the line between the two so like that's that's where the sweet spot is at also i've realized that um like series of any sort like be it tv series or you know longer fantasy series uh just pulls me in a lull because like you've spent so much time with these characters and then like suddenly have to leave them suddenly having to leave them it feels a bit weird and like 
yeah as not like it, they just sort of become people you know and you're familiar with and like jumping into a new book after that immediately after that feels somewhat wrong so there's that that being said this is not me you know uh, claiming off that i won't read any series from now on or that i won't watch any tv series from now on it's just an interesting observation that i had about myself only because i ended up uh, watching a bunch of movies this week and i read a good chunk of books uh, i read like sex books this week so that's like a book a day almost um so that was cool uh most of them like four of them i read like in the last 24 hours i just finished the last book i'm going to talk about like 30 seconds before i started you know recording this episode which is just wild i've never really done this before but i think it's working as of now <laughs> so that's cool um movies what i watched this week were mostly nostalgia like the sort of stuff uh i watched over and over again growing up on you know the english movie channel we had uh, or like our cable service provider provided so that was like nostalgia hitting me in the face i don't know why i fell down that rabbit hole but i did and it was fun but i'll talk about them in like the second half of the podcast episode whatever i'll talk about the books first i finished cleopatra and frankenstein um and i agree i don't know where i heard this but like somebody was talking about it and like they said basically that the book is really good but like in the middle it just sort of falls flat a bit and like i agreed with it because i think that was where i left that book and like to go back to it from that point felt is like it felt like a bit of a chore like a tiny bit of a chore but like once i got through that uh patch of the book and like the things started picking up again and you could see all these loose ends tying up um and uh yeah uh yeah the book is basically book basically follows cleo and frank uh cleo is far more younger than frank is cleo has a us visa that's about to expire frank is somewhat in his late 40s i want to say i'm not too sure about the ages um but uh, they marry each other on a whim and like the book is basically an exploration of how um wrong they are for each other and yet at the same time they like there are these tender moments in the book where you can see that these two really do love each other but like not in the way they would think that a marriage would be sustained with sort of love i don't know it just like yes there were tender moments between them but at the same time it was just like you know like the book was basically screaming that these two are not made for each other and you see like you see the first scene the opening scene of the book is so brilliantly well done and um you see the band the banter is amazing like at least in the, the first scene of the book is and um like yeah and like it's just it's, it's like a slow unravel of humanness and like 
at the same time the characters sort of surprise you with their humanness and like it's just yeah it was like i am not going to lie i picked up this book because of its cover but at the same time it had its shortcoming and i, I liked zoe's character i liked elenor i liked i liked cleo i mean she is not a very nice person like objectively speaking but like at the same time you sort of un- i sort of understood her but like that notion of having pain to create art was like something that i not agreed with like i've never really agreed with it so there was that um yeah like there's towards the end of this book there's this like 15 page long uh argument that frank and cleo have and like they are arguing and they are screaming and like at the same time they are um you know just there are lulls in their argument as well so like that was something really cool and i haven't really experienced that before like in a book um and that was yeah something uh yeah i liked zoe like <laughs> I don't know what Coco Miller is planning next but like if it's a spin-off book on Zoe I would like to read more of Zoe and I would li- like to know more about Eleanor as well. Eleanor is like a character and a cryptic one at that there was there were su- uh, certain parts of her life that were laid bare on the page but at the same time there was just so much underneath that I could feel might be happening but like it was just not explored enough for me uh, like it could have been but like at the same time there was just way too many characters and um like i understand that like coco melis had to like divide attention between different characters so there was that um i really liked santiago's character like um yeah i liked santiago um and that was that i'm, I'm glad i read that book but at the same time it could have been snappier it could have been much shorter um yeah yeah that's all i think i have to say about it but at the same time i understand why there were lulls because like if you think about it it's like projecting life onto pages and like lives have lulls but at the same time you know it's a piece of fiction and i think it would have benefited benefited a lot more from having a snappier it would if it would have been a you know slightly more tight book in the middle i think i would have enjoyed it a lot more the next book i read was the roughest draft um the roughest draft is basically a story about two writers who wrote uh two collaborative books together connected flights and only once but like after only once they had a fallout and they haven't uh talk to each other in four years um they like one of the writers go go out goes out to write a solo pro, a solo novel while the other one retires um and the roughest draft basically handles them coming back together for a last hurrah a last huzzah um for you know like working on a last project together because like one of the writers fiance 
is like having financial troubles and the other one is having just troubles selling his solo project and like that's the premise of the book um but like the more you read it's supposed to be a contemporary romance book in, like in the same veins of a emily henry novel and all that but like it reminded me so much of you deserve each other by sarah hogan um and like the hatred and the angst was like the book was dripping with it to the po- like i knew going in that like it's the sort of book that will make you wonder whether these two will even end up together because that's how the book was sold to me i was like yeah i want that <laughs> oh i found out about this book from noel Ga- gallagher's uh, youtube channel um i yeah i think she um was talking about it in one of her wrap ups and uh that's where i got this book from and like recommendation from and i picked it up based on uh, the way she described this book and it was like yeah that's that sounds cool i would like to read more angst in my life angst is not enough <laughs> my life is very boring so like living vicariously through the characters and i can't stand you know fights and grudges and like yeah i just let it go <laughs> so like to see them coming back together to see them struggling to find a balance to it was sort of heartbreaking but at the same time it was the thing away you're like oh my god like that person was right how are they going to get back together um and like Yeah and it was not a miscommunication trope and it was not like the reasons for the fallout made sense like the third act fallout or like in this case the past fallout that happened it made sense it was very clear why it happened and like I'm not going to spoil anything in case you are inter- interested it's a good book um I enjoyed reading it um I enjoyed the fact that you know they talk about books and craft and all that sort of stuff uh and uh they had these scenes where they were talking about um writers like <laughs> in this starting when they you know agree to do this last hurrah and last collaboration together they um basically are not talking to each other and they just like channel their anger through their characters so they are basically arguing via their characters and i think that was funny but at the same time like like imagine that happening in real life like, like you have so much anger against a single person that um uh you just can't stand them and like i think that's sort of heartbreaking um and yeah i'm like i'm glad i read this book it was a good book and uh it was handled really well uh, i yeah i didn't think i had any complaints about this book Roughest Draft is a dual POV book and you get to go back 4 years ago like it's not like they are talking about the things that happened in the past you are also being shown how things happened from like a timeline jump perspective um and like you see Nathan and Katrina and how well they gelled together and how slowly things unraveled and now you are seeing them in present um dealing with themselves and their feelings and like how they are going to exactly work together on this project it's i also think it's sort of meta how these two characters are writing about something that they are going through 
uh, and it's a dual POV book that they are working on while at the same time like you had two co-authors do this book which is also a dual POV book about like you know writing and stuff which is I think a cool addition um, and that's really it I think yeah I enjoyed this book I think you would too if you go in with the right expectations um, yeah I went in with the right expectations I got what, what I wanted and like you know I moved on to the next book Cinderella is dead which was I think the one I was reading last week as well um, I finished it uh, it's a good retake f- of the you know classical Cinderella uh, fairy tale I don't think I've ever really read uh, a, a retelling like this one before um, it just completely flips the story on its head the last w- twist I did not see coming which I think is mostly based on the fact that I was like reading it very casually and not uh, paying too much attention or applying too much brain power to how this book turns out I just I just wanted to enjoy it for the for what it was I really like Sophie and Constance together they were so cute um Erin I understand where Erin was coming from but at the same time she could have been nicer to Sophie uh also uh, I don't really like the fact that Sophie's parents were not really that supportive um that, that was I don't know I just find that scene really like jarring and I don't know I didn't really like the way they treated Sophie um it's a dystopian book uh in case you don't know it came out in 2020 um it's basically a story set in the world of Cinderella and it's been 200 years since Cinderella died but like the ball keeps happening and like the girls are basically forced to attend the ball and all that and uh like the there's just a lot of control there's just a lot of uh trying to control the way girls and women behave in this country slash con- uh, island i don't know um and sophie doesn't really like that and sophie rebels against that and that's like from where the story picks up it's a good book i do feel the ending was a tiny bit rushed if it had been like 50 pages longer i think it would have worked out really really well um yeah i like how this podcast has me this episode specifically has me complaining about a book uh like that book was uh, cleopatra and frankenstein was a tiny bit longer while cinderella is dead was a tiny bit rushed (laughs) um but yeah uh it it was a good book Uh, it's not as uh bad as some of my people i know uh claimed it to be it's not as good some of the other people i know claimed it to be it's an okay book uh i gave i had my sister had read it first and she really enjoyed it and my sister is like 14 years old so like it's a good book to give to teenagers i think uh they would really enjoy it but if you've if you've read a lot of wise if you've read a lot of dystopian things i think the only thing that did really surprise me were uh, like the twists and like how the retelling happened and like how kaylin byron uh flipped the story on its head i think that that was what really 
like you know hammered me in for like the dystopian parts and like the fantastical parts was like i like i you know this is this this is a part of the deal and like i don't i was not really surprised by them um but at the same time uh, like i really really liked sophie and constance t- together <laughs> they were so cute um yeah the next two books i read were read in the last 24 hours and realized that it was also finished in the last 24 hours i basically did a 24 hour long readathon with myself and i decided i would read five books out of which i ended up reading four books which was nice i think i would have been able to finish the fifth book start and finish the fifth book as well had i like had i not stepped out from the house in the evening or at night which happened it was fine i'm not like you know crying over it that i did not get to finish uh all the five books i have decided i had decided to finish before the podcast episode because once again i realized i didn't really have much books to talk about and you know that that didn't really feel nice um anyway so i finished umbrella academy volume 2 and 3 uh, both of them are wildly different from the show so like i somewhere i think i just stopped comparing them uh, like sure there were parallels happening in my brain like while i was reading finishing the volume 2 i was thinking about season 2 while i was finishing volume 3 I was thinking about season three. The there were parallels. It did help me understand the story a bit better. But where in season three you see Sparrow Academy being a fully fleshed out thing, uh, Umbrella Academy Volume Three, like the graf- graphic novel version, um, just establishes uh, the existence of Hotel Oblivion and Sparrow Academy. while like season 3 covers that entire arc and like finishes it off uh with a wonderfully chaotic grace and yes yeah, so, like i i had been comparing the graphic novels volumes to the corresponding seasons and like volume 3 feels like a jumping off point from where season 3 has developed and the story it took like it's volume 3 basically does not have um all of the stuff that happens in season 3 basically is what i'm trying to say i don't know if that that's the way it's coming off or not <laughs> but like that that was like a huge difference because i was expecting things to move along at the pace of season 3 but that did not happen and yeah um so like if you're going to read the graphic uh, the comics after watching the show please no going into that so like that they're not exactly at the same pace uh the you know the show is and um there are many many new characters that did not make it to the show there are different arcs and like there are different nicknames and stuff um so yeah just like be a bit aware of it because like i went into thinking everything most of the details will be there like um you know the character names and stuff but like they basically use nicknames and like their visual description is very very different from the show and like the emotional beats are very very different from the show so that is something i think everyone should be aware of because it was not like it felt like being uh thrown off 
at the deep end a bit but hey that's fine like i was quickly able to detach both of them like the constant comparisons but like by the end i did sort of compare them uh and like i appreciate both of them existing in their own mediums and like yeah it's fine uh the comics do a great job of giving you uh you know a base from where you can watch the show and yeah like klaus is still very much messed up in the comics as he is in the show but like the graphic novel klaus is i don't know why i keep using the word graphic novels the comic klaus is a bit too serious uh, while robert chian like brings his sort of charm to klaus's character in the show in a very different way um and there's that uh the last book i finished like literally 30 seconds before i hit record was writers and lovers by lele king um and i have had my eye on this book for a while like i think for at least 2 years um webhof the person who was on the podcast a few weeks before prior whatever had recommended this book to me like years ago but i never really picked it up um but like randomly yesterday i decided i would read it and i did and it's such a good book and um like you know your worst fears um yeah my first fears are realized in this book so like it just basically feels like an actualization of what how things will happen if my worst fears came into um realization in my life like th- this is ha- exactly how i feel like the way casey is presented the way casey thinks the, yeah that that's mo- that's me most of the time <laughs> and it's sad um at the same time the prose is really really beautiful beautiful i think i highlighted half of this book but uh by the second half i was so engrossed in the story i could not really pause to highlight stuff like it's that good of a book um casey is basically a struggling writer she's been working on a novel for 6 years the novel is set in cuba it sort of handles her mother it's about her mother and cuba and like her mother's childhood uh casey is lost her mother a few months prior to the where book begins and we see casey struggling with grief and love and like her writing and her insecurities and everything in between and like she's working a waitress job to make ends meet but she's unable to and she struggles to you know understand how can everyone around her be so just like have their life together when she doesn't and like you follow you basically follow casey through uh, a number of realizations and a number of epiphanies and a number of uh, affairs uh, as she struggles to find a place for herself her book and her grieving heart um and yeah it was a beautiful experience like I know I'm not going to be probably making any sense at the moment because I literally finished it like 30 seconds ago. 
um but at the same time it's a wonderful wonderful book um i think i'm going to be thinking about it for like at least the next 7 years um and uh, yeah it's i don't think i read it like at 60% last night and i like slept at slept at 1 am um reading this book and there's this scene i think it's in the beginning of the book i'm not going to spoil any dialogue it's just a scene where casey is serving one of the main characters in her restaurant and like the this main character has two sons and like it's a technically a dinner scene and it's written so beautifully well like you do not and like at this point we don't really know the main like this person is going to be a main character and um it's like the main character's position is basically where Casey has sort of put him up on a pedestal because he is an established writer and she's heard a lot about him but she's never actually read any of his books so um so you're seeing it all from Casey's perspective and like she's taking it all in like his mannerisms that she knows of because like this person runs a uh writing workshop and like Casey's friends attend his writing workshop and like you've heard like you've you see how Casey has heard a lot about his mannerisms and like how he tucks his hands and like where he tucks his hands when he likes a story when he hates a story or whatever and you see Casey applying that logic when she's interacting with his sons and like i think that's that scene is wonderfully done if you don't even read the book in its entirety just read that scene and yeah and like the book is littered with literary references and um random books you you've, you don't think you will hear about you've heard about and like i just love it and like there's this entire section about old writers like you know classic writers classical writers classical writers old dead english writers basically who have recorded versions of their experience with their mother's death uh wait a second i'll open it i highlighted that entire section which is it just feels a bit weird to highlight at um highlight an entire chapter but like hey the chapters were really really small it talks about george eliot and the death of her mother and it talks about dh lawrence and how sons and lovers came to be it talks about edith wharton and like her relationship with her mother it talks about marcel proust it talks about julia stephen and like george virginia wolf and um like this section is so beautifully well done because you because if you've read their works you feel you just like it just adds another dimension to their work as well it's i it, i need to own this book in case anyone's listening my birthday is 26 days away so yeah <laughs> if there's something you were hoping to get me any of my friends who are listening who might be listening um get me this book i think this deserves a place on my shelf um the last book i was planning to read for this week but i could not really get to it was smoke gets in your eyes 
um i've been meaning to read it for years once again but i have it in physical copy so i'll probably be reading it by the time i you know finish record finish recording this episode and yeah it was all the rage a while like few years ago i think i used to follow different uh booktubers and bookstagrammers back then and like they were talking about this book a lot and um i've had this book on my radar ever since yeah i i know my august reading doesn't really have anything connecting them at all but at the same time like i just i like i don't really have a tbr for this month like and I'm, i'm not planned anything i'm just reading whatever i feel like reading i know i said i will probably read discworld and but i haven't started them yet i think i'm going to read i'm going to start with the witches series because i want to read the wizard i wanted to read the wizard series first but like i don't really have all the audiobooks yet and like i don't know how or when i'll get them uh, like yeah and hopefully soon because i really wanted to you know support a colon project and like just things are not panning out the way i hoped it would um so yeah that was all that i read like sub- substantially that i read this week um most of the most of it was read in the last 24 hours and my brain at this point has stopped processing words <laughs> i can't even believe i'm like recording this episode right this second um because it just feels that wild um the n- movies i watched this week were basically a nostalgic hit in the face i don't know why i decided to watch things maybe because i got a streaming service subscription uh, at the wrong time <laughs> okay listen i got the streaming service subscription because i wanted to watch formula 1 races uh, live it just didn't feel you know like watching the playback just doesn't feel that much it didn't have an, that much of an effect because you already knew the results uh, of how things and races panned out so i bought the subscription but like like i could only watch a single race and then they went on a summer break i probably should have researched the races and the schedule a bit more properly <laughs> um but anyway i'm like making the best use of the streaming service i watched confessions of a shopaholic um i hadn't watched this movie in years but i did and like i like i yeah i did not think i did not remember most of it but it was fun it was preppy at the last you know the last 20 minutes where like things go wrong and th- they patch up once again um they just like really hit me because it's like ah, i've grown up with these movies ah i like i remembered watching confessions of a shopaholic because like it was it's such a grabby title and like you cannot really forget it um 27 dresses was the one i did not think i had watched but like once i once i started watching the movie it was like yeah i watched this movie i i know this movie <laughs> um i remembered scenes of it i remembered how the movie went and stuff um but like i don't think i associated the title 27 dresses with the movie in my brain and because i was missing 
formula 1 action i decided to watch cars and cars 2 i also had planned to watch cars 3 but like that was when i decided to do the 24 hour readathon thing and that's where things went sort of haywire because like i was reading <laughs> see the thing about rewatching cars as an adult and like having a tiny bit of insight in the actual racing world of cars and stuff and drivings and drivers like having a tiny bit of insight in that world is like now i can compare and contrast and like how see how exactly realistic it is because like watching it as a child is like a completely different experience and like you don't really have the emotional depth you don't really know how much of it is realistic or not um you don't really understand what's happening half the time like i had watched to this i had watched cars like cars and cars too to the point where i had grown desensitized to the stuff that was being portrayed on the screen but like having not watched it for years now and now knowing about formula 1 and knowing about the tragedies that do happen or that did happen um and like the risk of it all um you see cars with a certain like in a different light i would like like to say that like I, at least i for me it felt that way um like yeah i haven't seen anyone like at least from what i tiny bit of me i know like uh i haven't heard or seen a video or any of anyone being as arrog- arrogant as lightning queen is in the first half of the first movie um but like i've se- i've seen a lot of instances where people and like drivers on the grid are as much concerned as mcqueen is during that last race when king uh basically like you know has a crash and um like is out of the race um but like yeah but like in the actual sport um there are rules in place and there are stuff that happens that like you can do certain things and like there's a way to go about it i don't think what what happened in the cars movie would be realistic um to the current regulations and rules and all that stuff that that's happened like a very similar incident did happen um in like this 2022 season but like at the same time the emotional beat struck a lot harder watching this knowing that like there are actual lives involved um in the sport like the risk of it all and like yeah i yeah like it it is a uh, such a such an adrenaline adrenaline rushing feeling watching a race live not knowing uh what's going to happen what's not going to happen what's like basically at any overtake at any turn at anything anything can go wrong um so you just pray it doesn't happen um but like having that last scene play out the way it did like the race portion of that last scene play out the way it did um like just like i was sobbing like yeah it, it was it was just yeah um i never really thought i'd be a person who would be you know involved in sports and have such strong feelings about a team or like anything like that i had gotten into cricket a while 
back i think around when i was in 12th grade and stuff um that too did happen because of like certain group of friends who were really really involved in that and i just wanted to be a part of that group but like um after a few matches i just like i was like eh, like yeah i sort of tuned out i couldn't really emotionally connect but like at here it's different it's like you know your worst fears there is a possibility that, that 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 can be real and like just watching cars with that insight with that knowledge that like these things can happen and they do happen it just hit like the i yeah it just the, the water works were flowing basically a lot of it and like i really like cars too as well because um like as ridiculous as the plot is you see mcqueen and meter working out their friendship and stuff and like that's a really fun part of it um and yeah the <laughs> the involvement of i just find it funny that the cars to sort of had uh nascar cars i want to say like and uh formula 1 cars competing in in a, in the same competition why i don't know why but i do think of mcqueen representing a nascar car um and uh, yeah so like that was a tiny bit funny i don't know how accurate this is my interpretation of the movie like yeah also lewis hamilton was in cars too he was like portraying himself that was fun um i did not know that that being said as a child i did not know about lewis hamilton altogether um and yeah <laughs> so that was fun <laughs> um yeah it was fun watching all these old movies and like especially with the rom-coms i i knew i'd watch them but like at the same time i did not remember having watched them or i did not uh, you know uh associated the titles with the movie itself so like it's nice to have a movie and like deported to the title now um and uh, like sometimes the dialogue was so cheesy and cringy and stuff but like at the same time it like this was something that i grew up on and uh, it just felt nice watching it again and it just felt i don't know like Yeah it just felt nice watching it again and I know I'm repeating myself but hey uh, it was it was uh, yeah <laughs> I had a lot of old movies lined up that I want to rewatch and like you know rejog my memory because I haven't watched them in years and years and I most of them I did not even know the name of um so like it's good to have a streaming service under your belt like you, where you can rewatch all this stuff um yeah yeah i knew pixar always hits the right spot when it comes to emotional beats but like growing up it just didn't happen because i did not have the context and stuff um but like now that i did yeah it was, it was a lot of tears <laughs> it's not good to be joking like i'm not joking around there were genuinely a lot of tears um yeah that's really it that's all that happened in this week that's all that was consumed in this week i hope you had a lovely reading week i hope you had a lovely consuming other forms of media consumption that like allows you to escape <laughs> uh week 
that was a mouthful i'll probably come up with a better ending <laughs> uh, i hope you have a lovely week ahead i'll see you all next week in case you decide to tune in um have a lovely day bye well read which is available everywhere you get your podcasts leave a review share it with your friends have a lovely day